Welcome to Amplifier with Mickey and Brian Koch, the Koch brothers, Koch cast, if you will. Just to give you a little, our, our listeners a little background, Brian and I were born into Padres fanaticism, and you may know most from tormenting the Union Tribune at Padres.com forum message boards over the years, champing for pickup arc fence modifications. Uh, then we took our blogging to various platforms, such as Friarhood, when Brian and I had a our section, the Coke Corner, that was a, a cool little thing, and and I kind of continued that, uh, continue lobbying that cause in collaboration with Brian on Through the Fence Baseball and, and other various sites. Oh. Why don't we just get right into it and move into the, the Padres final roster? So do you think there's any um, like interesting roster decisions now that we know what the Padres final roster is? Well, I think... To me, Edward Olivares is the one that's going to stick out the most. I mean, you could look at, like, Bednar and stuff, but, I mean, the arms with Javi Garrett, that's kind of, like, uh, not really as shocking with some of the injuries to, like, Jose Castillo and stuff like that. Uh, but when you look at Edward Olivares and how far he's come, I think that one's the one that sticks out the most to me. Yeah, um, definitely. And I think with this year with the 30-man rosters rather than just the the 25 or I guess it would have been 26 this year but with yeah. thir- with 30 there's going to be a couple extra pitchers yeah and I think that's only going to be-, be beneficial to the Padres and and their kind of their style and with the shortened season um, but you know Edward Olivares he came over in the young Jarvis Solarte trade and I mean he was kind of a underlooked prospect as you know Brian and um, but you know, scouts have always liked him, and he, you know, he really put it together last year. Yeah, he definitely must have made an impression to make the the roster at this point. Well, I mean, and you know, they've kind of spoken to to that degree. Is I think the main thing is Tingler has talked about the manager Jay Tingler has talked about getting on base and on base percentage and getting rid of the you know the Renfro and Framil's you know strikeout parade. So um, with guys like Oliveris and uh, you know he really was putting together really good solid at bats I mean and that was a thing and they spoke about him you know not not getting behind himself and and pressing too much so I I think that's where he really uh, pushed himself onto the roster yeah so do you think that he's going to get significant playing time then since he made the roster or well, now that you bring it up, he's starting tonight uh, in right field. Oh, really? I, uh, I hadn't even with, looked at the lineup yet. Yeah, with the lefty, with the lefty Robbie Ray. I mean, tough pitcher, strikeout guy. But you know, and a funny note is that uh, Olivares is he was actually better last year split wise. It kind of had a little bit of a reverse split. But I mean, that's not uncommon in the minor leagues to see those guys. They're they're you know you're you're really facing more same hand you know handed uh pitchers and than anything so right i don't think it's uh, i don't think it's as big of a deal for a right-handed hitter for the reason that you just mentioned as it is as it is for a lefty that's rarely sees lefties i i think he could really if i mean look if he if he hits and he he looked exceptional in spring training um and we're not just talking about like blasting home runs or things like that. But again, he was just having good at bats the other night. Uh, 
what was it the the exhibition during the angels and he like fought a 3-2 pitch off to the right side it's just a lace a single i mean just stuff like that i think that's mainly what they want to see so um i think he could be uh you know a, a weapon off the bench and come in and play kind of some platoonish type matchup uh you know lefty righty you think there's any other uh surprises for the the final roster or it, it seems like it was pretty cut and dry like what was expected and other than what we already talked about yeah i think it was pr- to be expected there was no surprises for me i think um you know ty france's bat could be a weapon off the bench you know he already got a, a start against the, the you know madison Bumgarner. not a tough lefty he's, he's getting a blow tonight but when you look at uh he can also be an emergency catcher and that's another reason why they didn't uh carry three catchers in luis torrens with uh francisco mejia and austin hedges is you know he can catch a little bit so maybe you can juggle austin hedges and uh francisco mejia a little bit better so it, it was good though to see francisco mejia with chris paddock last night and chris paddock throw a fucking gem yeah that, that is also important too because that that kind of enables them to dh mejia if they want to if they want to get mejia's bat into the lineup they can dh mejia and still have france as the backup catcher in case you know of an injury to austin hedges yeah yeah i no, i think that can be big and you know with the uh you know the extra squad going i i guess luis torrens is going to be you know uh just right there i don't know if they're i don't know exactly how they do it if they're with the club or that they travel with the team, but it, regardless, they have that that squad ready to go. So if there is an injury, Luis Torrens is right there, ready to call up. So I, I don't see any kind of hesitation to to use multiple catchers in the same in the same game. And I think you can utilize both of them in creative ways as well. Maybe even have Austin Hedges come in and in a tight game where you know you have runners on stuff like that uh and you want to make sure the running game or the blocking is down stuff like that so i think that's only going to be advantageous padres well i, I kind of already mentioned it but what, what do you think about the the new dh rule the dh come into the national league fucking love it fucking yeah. love it i mean I, I asked that question but i already i already know your answer and i have yeah i mean feelings. look i uh, like i i you know over the years i've been more of a traditionalist but and I know you have too going back years, but I think the DH has really hurt, you know, the Padres several times, like over the over the years. We've had guys that couldn't field for fuck, but were, you know, were flat out they could rake. Like Jesus Guzman or Franmil. You know, yeah. Franmil Reyes is a perfect example. Would they have traded Franmil Reyes? They still may have done that because they love Taylor Trammell, but um you know, uh but Again, they, I think they've really been hurt. And I also never liked the rule that two leagues are playing on different rules. Yeah, I, I think that just creates this, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I don't want to say it creates an advantage, but it's... I mean, I, I, know what you're, I know what you're saying, and that's always been my argument. Like, both leagues should be playing under the same rules. We shouldn't have two separate sets of rules in, in, yeah. in Major League Baseball. It doesn't make sense. And for me, even more importantly than that, it's just more entertaining. Like, I, I get the 
the argument of you know what do they say the the strategy but is it is it really much of a strategy for a pitcher to lay down a bunt and get a runner over or or a a double switch like I think it's an overrated strategy personally I think it's it's just more entertaining to have a bat in there that can actually hit the ball Hunter I totally agree with you and I think Bill James kind of you know sort of broke that down that I don't know uh, that strategy fallacy to a certain degree because it's it's the most like fucking obvious moves you're gonna make and all the all the managers and you know now with technologies they know what you're gonna do I mean for the most part you can be tricky and maybe trip a manager up here and there but for the most part like the moves the strategy is so overblown um so I think fans get caught up in that a little bit too much in the in the traditionalist style and the strategy. So, um, but so I, I I'm really for the DH. I hope they keep it forever. Yeah, me too. I also think what's kind of ignored is like yeah, it doesn't take away strategy. It just changes the strategy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's a good that's a good way to that's a good way to word it, Brian. I think too what what is overlooked is. You also see the the better starting pitchers in there longer because they're gonna they're gonna roll until they're done, until they're yeah. losing it, or until the you know the other team finds them out or, or whatever. But they're gonna stay in there longer. I want to see Chris Paddock pitch the whole damn game. I don't want to see yeah. him come out because of a stupid lefty matchup because there's a runner on second or some dumb shit. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, and that reminds me of like thinking about like Mariano Rivera and Trevor Hoffman debates like. Would Trevor Hoffman have pitched two innings? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, you know, we talk about Keith Law's fucking stupid punk asses just tries to destroy, you know, destroy fucking Hoffy on a Hall of Fame and Duck D Day. But, it, you know, it's like, you can't, I don't, I mean, you, you could look at the numbers, right, and compare them and say Mo is better and stuff like that. But I think there's a lot of things that you can't, you know, quantify. And, what would have happened if he was in the American League and he had the, you know, sort of the advantage or at least the opportunity to pitch multiple innings? Would that have yeah, benefited him? I think so. It's also, he, you know, he's also getting a lot more opportunity to save ball games when he's playing for the Yankees than when he is for the Padres. For sure. I think that's a totally useless conversation. Either they're both Hall of Famers, they're two of the greatest closers ever. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah. I think I'd rather just leave it at that than try to say who's better. It doesn't matter. Oh, I no, I totally agree. Mo's fantastic. Hoffman's. I mean, you're just talking about the two best relievers in in each league, and that's why they uh, named the awards after Trevor Hoffman in their respective leagues and Mariano Rivera. So, so before we stray too far off topic on that, um, I think we should get back to the DH. And uh, who do you? Who, so who do you think is is going to end up hitting in the DH for the Padres? Uh, for most of the season you know it's interesting and i think you know it's going to be kind of dependent on who sticks who's hitting the hot hand and they're going to they're going to be heavily uh relying on matchups as we saw a little bit last night we can get to that later but will myers if they if they think like we can put in a superior defender although myers has proven to be you know uh at least well above average on a corner uh he might be a guy you might be beneficial for him in terms of that because he doesn't have to think of anything well Myers can get spacey you've heard him say things like he gets bored in the outfield maybe if he's just like dude you're hitting today 
and we want you to fucking rake and that's all that matters and so maybe that could be good for that spacey bitch yeah will will myers is he's a funny player man like it seems like when he's hot he's hotter than anyone but when he's cold man he's just useless yeah it's he's guessing uh, he guesses way too much man he guesses it's really bad yeah i think i think he's looking for fastball too much or just guessing in general and uh what bothers me about some of Myers' at bats is, is I think that when Will Myers is going good, he's going to right center field. Yep. But when he gets that pole halfy drag leg on the, his backside, you know, and he's also guessing, fucking forget about it. Just go sit the fuck down. You're not going to do anything. Yeah, I think I, I think he's a big part of whether or not they're going to be successful this year. I know that sounds funny because he's not even close to their best player, but with with the rest of the talent on the team, man, if he can get hot for a couple months, man, they, they could really do some damage. I agree, and, and just even looking back at last year, and I mean, Will Myers, I, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but he still hit lefties to, you know, uh, a very acceptable clip, so... Um, regardless of how mediocre he was last year, he, he still had lefties. So that's that's kind of a, a good icing there. And we all know he's got as much talent as anybody when you go on that you know on the field in the diamond. He's he's got it all. So yeah, he's definitely definitely capable. Let's maybe delve into the three batter rule. That's something that uh, what do you think about the three batter rule? I like that too, mainly just because I. I do think that it's important to speed up the the pace of play. I personally am not bothered by a slow baseball game, soaking in everything and and, and whatnot. But <laughs> <laughs> but I I do think it's important to acknowledge that the average baseball fan is getting older, and and the sport just doesn't attract young fans anymore. Yeah, and I th- that's step. I think it's yeah. Go ahead. I just I think ignoring ignoring that is is not good for the game, and I would rather see stuff like this than say like robot umps. I don't want to see that at all. I'd rather see some of the changes like this that that I think are just better for the game. I don't know, man. After watching Ted Barrett last night, fucking you know, be on his knees, blowing dick. It's really hard not to think about robot umpires, but. That does, you know, dramatically change the, you know, sort of ambiance of the game, if you will. It's, there's just nothing more annoying to me than than starting a new inning, the pitcher pitches to one batter, and then the next guy's a lefty, so they take a break, they go to commercial, they bring in a lefty pitcher, he faces one batter, then the next guy's a righty, they fucking make another pitching change and bring in another pitcher you yeah know, 30 minutes later we're still in an inning with no action like that's just that's not fun to most people i don't think well and moreover i think should you have a pitcher that can only get one fucking lefty out on your roster yeah i mean yeah. it's kind of annoying to say oh well we need to go we need to go get that loogie and you know joe thatcher you know people of that ilk and you know now we got uh, Tim Hill and the you know the Royals trade where he sent uh, my beloved Frenchie Cordero and um, uh, Bolinoso to to the Royals, but he's an effective lefty, but he at least has a palatable um, splits against right-handed pitching. Yeah, yeah, I, 
I was looking at his splits, and he, he does pretty good against right-handed pitching. And it's kind of like the same argument with um, what we were talking about earlier uh, with the DH. It doesn't lose strategy. It's just a different strategy now. You know, you can still kind of play those matchups. If there's two outs in an inning and and the guy coming up to the plate is a lefty, you can bring in the lefty to face that one guy. And if he gets him out, the inning's over. And, you can you know, he doesn't have to face three batters because the inning is over. The next inning, you can bring in a different pitcher. So, yeah. you know, there's still some strategy in that. And, and also, if you bring in that lefty in that situation to face that lefty batter and he doesn't get him out, you know, now you got a problem. So I actually yeah, really, yeah. I really like the strategy that's going to come out of all of this. Yeah, well, those are good points, Brian. But I'm not as uh, hyped about it as you are. But and at first, it kind of bothered me. But uh, I'm, you know, I've tried to reserve judgment as much as possible and try to keep my knee-jerk reactions so to a minimum. But that's hard, you know, for both passionate baseball fans and the the tendency is to just. You know, you win, you lose one game. Fuck it. <laughs> you know, so I'm really man. Uh, I'm so happy they won game one because that just sets the tone for the season, man. Too too many times this team has come out and played like shit in the first couple of weeks. Man, I hope they come out of the gates hot because the yeah. the fans need it, man. I agree. I mean, you can go back to you know the Chargers fucking taking off and COVID nineteen and just so many different variants like. Uh, that was a big win, especially in a, sh- a shortened, you know, sort of odd season. So for me, when you look back, it just seems like we've always lost opening day. I know we, that hasn't been the case, but to start off in a 60-game sprint with a, you know, a good win with momentum like that, especially with Hosmer, which we'll delve into later, you know, <laughs> coming up big. Fuck, dude, that that could be huge for these guys. Him, him driving the ball too, man. Not 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 little bullshit hits or anything. That that dude's driving yeah. the ball. And yeah, he, and he I can. mean, you could literally be talking about uh, two home runs there. You know, I mean, he oh, hit. Yeah. I mean, again, we'll get into it later, but uh, the one to right center field was literally the deepest part of the ballpark, and it fucking it hit the wall. And in other parks, I mean, without the marine layer, you know, as we've talked about before, moving the fences, moving the fences, moving the fences, that could. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't, I don't, I know you're not saying that, but saying this, but I don't think that's an issue anymore. But there are definitely, no, no. there are definitely still some parks that are easier to hit home runs than Petco is now. But. Yeah, especially, especially, uh, I mean, now it's you know summertime, so we're not getting the marine layer like you would in April, May. Yeah, it's but, been pretty warm too. You know, but yeah, it's been warm, so I think that's not really an issue. But uh, getting back to the the rules uh the runner on second and extra innings is something that i was gonna ask you because i fucking hate it and think it really? should fucking be sent I, yeah, into the fucking sun i don't think we've even talked about it between us but you like it i have mixed feelings about it so i don't think it should start in the 10th inning i i like mm-hmm. it but i think it should start in the 12th inning if that makes mm-hmm. sense I think I think you should give a couple of innings and extras to to play baseball the way it, it's meant to be played, and and if the game starts getting really long, in the interest of, you know, getting off the field because of the COVID shit or whatever, and, and not only that but also pitching through your whole bullpen and then being fucked for the rest of the week, mm-hmm. uh, I think they should start in the twelfth inning, um, because um, there was a game last night I can't remember which team went into extras, but you know the. The, the first team comes up, and they're in the bottom of the – yeah, it was the Angels. No, I, I'm pretty sure it was the Angels game. 
So the Angels come up uh, in the top of the inning, and they're at the bottom of their lineup. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, they get out, and then the next whatever the other team was they were playing, I can't remember for the life of me. But the other, the other team that comes up is in the middle of their order, and they win the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. I, I understand I'm, why, but um, why don't you give me your take? Well, maybe they could apply it a little bit better, but I, I mean, I think they should fucking launch into the fucking sun, personally. I don't like it at all. I think it's fucking dick. But we have it. So AJ Preller goes out and gets fucking one of the fastest guys in all of fucking professional baseball in Jorge Mateo. Yeah, I don't think that, I don't think that, that was by I love. accident. I don't no. Think, yeah. No. I mean, look, I mean, with specialty roles and and uh unique a unique season, I I thought that was a brilliant move. I mean, who knows how it'll play out. I guess now Mateo, he you know, he was asymptomatic with COVID-19. But uh, I've heard he's cleared to play, but he still has to go through his his uh, on his time on the injured list. So we'll see when he's back. But if you're talking about that working to the Padres' uh, benefit this year, Jorge Mateo's going to be one of the top guys for that role. And one thing I didn't realize about that that new rule is the the runner that takes second is the runner that made the last out in the prior inning, mm. uh, which I think is pretty interesting. But with Mateo, you know, speaking to what what a great move that is, he's also a versatile player. So, right, right. You know, he's he's going to be able to be brought in as a pinch runner often because it almost doesn't matter who that player that w- that made the last out is because he can you know he's really versatile. He can play everywhere. Yeah, I mean, he's got some reps in center field, and I guess he's been working uh, a little bit harder on his routes in center uh, in the outfield, but uh, short second. Maybe third base to a to a degree, but like that's a that's a great point, Brian. Yeah. Uh, so I, we talked a little bit about the the lineup earlier. I thought it was kind of an unconventional lineup. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on on the lineup in the first game? And, and sort of uh, and sort of <laughs> beyond the first game, how do you think how do you think it's going to be on a regular basis? I you know I I think that's one of the biggest over scrutinized thing that we hear from fans and the media in general is what's the lineup is this the lineups going around you know it's being switched up and there you know what again with going back to specialty players and platoon roles and matchups and analytics you're gonna see that i mean the rays do it the rays have done it for a long time and it's it's worked really well whether that be openers they're, they're doing openers and uh, but they're also doing a lot of platoon matchups. But um, I think as far as the Padres' regard goes, I think that. So do you, okay. so do you like where you, if you're going to talk about like the consistency of the lineup or something like that? No, just the overemphasis that that people like want that one through nine to be the same. It's just that's just not reality in in baseball anymore. You're gonna have. I mean, sometimes if you have the best team in baseball you might have a more consistent regular lineup but still you can play various matchups and and use your analytics to your benefit and why the fuck wouldn't you do that um and in terms of last night if you want to look at you know people were upended by profar batting cleanup and it was a surprise to me as well but i don't think a lot of managers would have had the fucking nutsack to fucking put profar 
a guy who has has all the potential in the world, you know, but you know, struggled a little bit last year, but people don't look at the whole picture in their its entirety because he batted over 300 last year and had almost a 400 on base clip. And that's what Tingler was looking at. A rookie man, How rookie can, manager too. Yeah, and dude, I mean in the first game on opening day and by the way, he sat Austin Hedges and like seriously, my dick flopped over. Like that's sexy. I love it because and I was kind of wondering and I saw some of the chatter on social media about like why Mejia hadn't been playing and and mm-hmm. I was wondering the same thing like I want this dude's bat in the lineup because I think he can hit um, yeah I mean his numbers were underwhelming last year but I think the guy's got the talent to hit he's certainly a better hitter than Hedges and I was really happy to see his bat in the lineup oh definitely and and I think he he had a hit off uh, Bumgarner um, you know in the past and when you looked at uh, Hedges, uh, I, I don't know, he was 0 for his fucking life against that guy. Uh, so it's just like, come on. And and Mejia is supposed to be a little bit better in terms of uh, pure hitting ability from the right side. Uh, so I, I loved it. And the fact that, you know, he he caught a good game. He called a good game. He, you know, he was his defense looked good. And he, he's just really improved. And and to the, the detractors that have really gone after his defense, I say fuck you. Because a lot of people from the Padres organization have praised him, including Rod Barajas, you know, and and people who really know what the fuck they're talking about and have have been there with him. So, uh, look, I like Austin Hedges. He's obviously an elite defender, but if you can't hit better than Zach Granke's line, yeah. you need to sit the fuck down. You need to take punch. I think he's the easily the best defensive catcher in the game. But he's, oh, but, he's I totally but he agree. might be the worst hitter in the game. Yeah, and that see that's something that you can you can have the luxury on certain teams of having that. But with a team like the Padres, we're not exactly starving for offense, but you're looking to add more offense. You can't have that. Not not on an everyday basis. Can you have him as a backup? Definitely. So he's in there tonight against a, a tough lefty. We'll see how that pans out. And you can't again overemphasize every single fucking move but getting back to Profar man he had one of the best at bats first of all he got fucking hit and robbed by Ted Barrett they they looked and I guess that's what's wrong with not to get into instant replay we can get into that another time but you do need that definitive you know the language and that definitive you need definitive proof that that fucking hit is like it's obvious it did there was a misdirection you could see it go but in profiles he didn't run down the first base because he didn't get hit or he's trying to get hit you saw it happen anyways i i so he he was down oh two to a tough pitcher like madison Baumgartner, and he works that back he gets hit comes back and he draws that walk on some tough pitches especially considering uh, ted barrett was pinching and just squeezing the fuck out of the parties all night and and works out walk in front of you know eric hosmer that to me was maybe the biggest part of the game where you saw the momentum shift because now even though eric hosmer was oh for everything against madison Baumgartner and he's been tough on lefties he's still a professional hitter he's still going to give you a good at bat he still has that track record he still hit lefties before in his career. He's worked hard, he busts ass, so Yeah, I think it's kind of been overemphasized how 
how he's played against or how he played against lefties last year. Uh, you know, a left-handed batter doesn't face nearly as many or doesn't have nearly as many left-handed uh, opportunities. Yeah. yeah. So it's a small sample size. Just looking at what he did in the last year, like the guys hit lefties. He, he hasn't been terrible against lefties in his entire career. I, I right. don't I don't get the or agree with the whole like let's platoon Hosmer against lefties thing, unless you got uh you know just another stud that needs at bats, uh and and rakes against lefties I I don't think that's necessary I think you're gonna play Hosmer right. every day. Uh, you know I'm you know I'm of the camp that I, I I would like to see him get spelled against some tough lefties, but I I I want it to be a matchup scenario if you have a guy. Let's just use Myers for an example. If he's hit fucking 600 off someone, I, you know, I'm going to be okay with him getting a little a spell at first base and Eric Hosmer getting the day off because you can still bring him in later in the game and use him as a pinch hitter. So I don't think him not starting uh, necessarily equates him not playing, you know? Right. And I think we we fail to make that distinction sometimes when we're making those arguments. Yeah, I th- I think the the thing that kind of stuck out to me in the in the lineup is the two best hitters on the team hitting one and two, which I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, maybe it's just all the MLB The Show twenty we've been playing, <laughs> putting you know Mickey yeah. Mantle at the top of the lineup, and <laughs> but I love it, man. Get your two best players at the top of your lineup and get them as many at bats as possible. I totally agree, and I I'm not looking at you know this statistics to back up my opinion here but it feels like Machado was uh he pitched around a lot last year he didn't have the the protection as as Hosmer wasn't doing as well and 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 Myers and such so you know for me it was like you're not only I don't think you're protecting your investment I think people are going to look at it like that I don't think that's what it's about at all I think if you if you have fam batting third and he can bat anywhere in the lineup. He's just that good of a hitter. If you have Machado second, you have power if Tatis gets on base, which I love. I, I don't like just having the guy who can move the ball batting in the two-hole. Um, and uh, so with Machado batting second, a good hitter. He had a little bit of a down year last year, but the dude's not fucking 35 years old. He'll be fine. Calm the fuck down. So... If he gets on, because Machado takes his walks, he gets on base, and then then you have you know Fam to drive him in, and he's a clutch hitter, intense dude. You ain't gonna scare that motherfucker. So have uh, runners in scoring position with uh, arguably the, arguably the best pure hitter on the team in terms of Fam. That's I, I loved it. I loved it. I, th- I think the DH plays a little role in that too, uh, because if you got you know, you always want to, you know, traditionally you have guys like Machado and Tatis in the middle of the lineup because you want them to drive in runners. But with the, the DH, you don't have a pitcher hitting at the back of the lineup. You're you're going to have probably have more runners on base from the back of the lineup than typically in a National League game. And those, right. those guys are still going to have those opportunities to drive runners in. Yeah, and I believe I saw some statistics that backed up ta- that. Ta- ta- uh, Tatis dis- Tatistics. <laughs> I, you know, I believe I saw some tatistics where Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, 
you know, batting one did well with runners on base or runners on base or in scoring position. So you're talking about, you know, people at the bottom of the order, whether that be pinch hitters or, you know, people from the eight or nine holes. So uh, that's only going to be advantageous if you have a guy, maybe you put Alvarez at the bottom or, um, you know, another guy with speed, Profar. Uh, I, I, I really, really like it. Well, I'm I'm seeing here that the the game's about to start or just started actually. If you want to wrap it up there, you want to tell everybody where they can find us on social media. Yeah, um, you know you can reach us at Amplifier uh, on Twitter. Uh, we're also on Instagram. If you uh, want to check us out, click download, like, whatever, retweet. That'd be great. We'd appreciate it. Um, this is just something fun we're doing. You know, it's a hobby. Uh, you know, we we're not. Like Twitter is not the best uh, platform to, you know, shorthand, abbreviate, and convey, you know, yourself in terms of, especially baseball because there's so, you know, so many intricacies. What's the word, Brian? Yeah, in- intri- intricacies. In- intricacies. I think, you know, you can so you can find us, you can find us on uh, Instagram at Amplifier. Uh, you could at Amplifier.com and. Uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter. Give us a give us a listen. Um, also, our tur- our personal Twitter profiles too. I'm just definitely I'm yeah. just simply at Bri- Brian Coke K O K E at Brian Coke, and I'm at Mickey Coke. <laughs> I mean, I know we're fucking super stealth with that shit. So, um, but yeah, give it give us a follow, and whether you want to, you know, tell us how shitty we are or how how bad of people we are we don't give a fuck so go ahead and do that so we can know which one of you has a small dick okay in closing uh, great win for the Padres last night let's let's uh, keep that momentum up tonight hopefully they can do it uh, Hedge is catching tonight with uh, a Dilson Lament which I mean sometimes he can be a little wild so love that uh, get that framing shit together uh, Alavarez with his first major league start in the second game of the season, fucking love it. And uh, you know, Jace Tingler, or as I call them, Jesus Christ, last night, love it. Nutsack, AJ Preller, let's do this. Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in to Amplifier with Mickey and Brian Coke, uh, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Later. Peace.